So and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This week's episode is with Tony Costello from Glasgow band Tijuana Bibles. Now, due to time constraints, I'm having to do this intro on my phone, so apologies if it's not up to the sort of usual audio standard, but needs must. Um, we had a, a great conversation with Tony. Um, I got them in because they've been away for a couple of years uh, working on their uh, first album. And they've got a gig coming up, um, an all dayer at St Luke's, which is taking place on Saturday the 10th of August. And we sat down with Tony and we spoke about getting started in music um, as boys from Glasgow. I used to be a musician myself. Um, it's <laughs> We spoke about like our dad's attitudes towards it. Um, he was talking about his dad's attitude towards him writing poetry and it was my dad's attitude to me sitting up at five in the morning playing guitar when I had university the next day and made a bit of a laugh about that. But we also spoke about uh, the dynamics within a band, uh, the politics of creativity and what is the sort of best state to be in to actually be true to yourself while being creative and not considering um, outside influences as in like what other people would like to hear. We spoke about how to make money in 2019 in the music industry, which is, I'm sure you will understand with corporate entities like Spotify and Apple Music, it's not that easy. Spoke about sponsorship, touring, and we also uh, spoke a little bit about Celtic because we're all Celtic fans. So. I really enjoyed having this conversation. Tijuana Bibles are a band that I absolutely admire and think are a very original band and we spoke about their sound in this conversation. So I hope you enjoy. Um, late, just in a couple of days we'll be putting out another podcast with the guys from Glasgow, San Poli, um, which was another great one. So that'll be coming out in the next couple of days and I hope you keep an eye out for that. But without further ado, here's Tony from Tijuana Bibles. So and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This is number two for the day, so I don't know. A right, number actually. we don't know what anymore once we established earlier on. Uh, we were asking, with Cullen, you heard of Cullen? Aye, aye, cool. With Day Boys in earlier on, and we're like, what episode is this? We've not got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows Have you uh, been in here quite a long time then, just continuously? No breaks, just... No, oh, no, I think this is about as busy as we get in because after, after two, my legs just stop working. Ah, right, so <laughs> <I just fucking laughs> computer Anyway, this week's guest is Tony Costello for Tijuana Bibles. How's it going? Aye, good, mate. Thanks. My first funny story, my first... Uh, the first time I heard of your band, a guy said to me, you want to go and see this band I seen last night in King Tut's Calls? Tijuana Bibles, and I was like, I put it on my phone and was like, that's Tijuana, mate. Like, All right, sorry, that, like, I just uh, see it as I see it. I was like, no, it's definitely Tijuana. That mate. happens. That was like the first radio interview we ever did, um, or one of the first. The the guy was like kind of bored and on an calling his tuna, uh, tuna Bible. We've got tuna Bibles here or something <laughs> like that. But it was going out live, so we were kind of like, do we interject? Here, I was, we what's the etiquette here? Yes, we are. 
Tuna Bibles. Tuna Bibles. <laughs> That's a tuna. Uh, so where did you get the name Tuna Bible? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a tribute band called <laughs> Tuna Karan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll go for that. Cheers for taking time out, man. I know that he's all recording and stuff, man. And no, well, thanks for the time invite. Came in and talked to us, but thought it was a good time because you have got the old air and he's having been a bit for a bit as aye. well. He's been very quiet. Aye, so. aye, that's kind of like um, self-inflicted to begin with, but like we've just been out that that long from playing live that we we'd hoped to have kind of had the album tied up and out by now. But um, the producer we usually work with, um, Thomas McNeese. Um, we were doing our best to kind of try to fit in with his schedule we turn because he's mm-hmm. he's a wee wee uh, gang of four um oh, quite a wow, lot so wow. like we were trying to um is he their sound engineer or no he's he's um he's a bass player so influential as I know. well like ridiculous i know so. i'm glad thomas isn't here for you saying that because like not that way where like you know usually you wouldn't want somebody to be paid a compliment it's just that he's that nice a guy would just be like no, no, he'd probably be out that window actually. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> just it just he doesn't take any any credit for it. But he's he's a brilliant producer, um, and we were we really, we've only really worked with him. We recorded somewhere else before and ended up sending it to Thomas to get it mixed because we were just used to his yeah. high standards. Mm-hmm. So, but that just wasn't going to work out. Um, and next on the list was um, Chris Marshall and. Johnny Madden at, at Seven West Studios. Right. Mm-hmm. So they've been doing, they've kind of come to the fore like while we were sort of waiting to do the album and mm. uh, everything that I hear coming out of there is just better than the last thing. Uh-huh. So really excited to work with them. I think it's going to be the end of the year. We're going to get it smashed out in, right. in a couple of weeks. Seven West down at Abercrombie Street? Um, I actually haven't been, but I, I, my understanding was it was kind of around Lo-Fi Way or whatever. I'm not sure. Right. I, I could be totally wrong there, um, mm. but... I just know that I'm really keen to work with them because mm-hmm. they're top, top notch. So i looking forward to doing that and then getting out to play more gigs, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, properly touring it. Again. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we thought we'd take a bit of time to write and then get the album done, then go out touring again because we're getting fed up playing the same set. And you can try to write while you're on the road and all that. Yeah, but it's just at one point you need to just get locked in. And the logistics are mm-hmm. aye, difficult. Aye, definitely. Aye. So where did it all start for you? Like, what was your? Why did you get into being in a band? And I, I mean, I've I've seen you twice. Right. Um, first time was because of Tijuana Bibles <laughs> recommendation, <laughs> and then the second time I think he's was supporting somebody, and I can't mm-hmm. even remember who it was. But um, both times have been fucking blown away. I mean, oh, all, especially like I think for coming for Glasgow, like the first time I seen you, I was like, fuck man, that's like Black Sabbath and. Yeah, take monkeys and so just that, like a, a good mix. Ah, that's cool. That kind of mix where it works. Sometimes aye, you aye. get bands where they, they, they smash a couple of sounds together and it just doesn't work. But the sound really works, man. And I think you stand out a lot in the Glasgow scene for being yeah. not sounding like a Glasgow band, if you know what I mean. Aye. How many have we watched all the years in club gigs where they were doing like essentially shit Oasis covers for like, three <laughs> bands a night, like five nights a week? You know what I mean? Like, so it is, you've got like a really distinctive sound and like. I'm I'm totally new to use in, in the build up to this, um, and obviously I had a wee listen, and I you've got this unique thing, but the, I, I definitely hear I was like this there was one I was listening to and I was I was to this is this is if like Nick Cave get involved with the Arctic Monkeys and there's like a whole mm-hmm. thing, but it's still uniquely used. It's no way saying it's you know no, it's cool. no, but like 
uh, the elements are like sections where I was going, oh, I have a bit of a vibe of like Queens of the Stone Age, mm-hmm. and like it's, it's definitely not your average like Glasgow club fair. You know, aye, what I mean? like, there's there's more substance to it than that. Well, I think when we started out, like um, there was a lot of bands kind of floating around that were maybe still doing a lot of the kind of sort of Paul Weller type mm. vibe, where it was, but it was a bit more kind of gar- like garage rock, but with a bit of a sort of mod type mm. thread through it. And I think a lot of bands were like that. So like Figure Five? Aye. Like well, a brilliant band, do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Oh, um, Super like, Aye, but, but there was a lot of stuff, like they like were really that. influential. There was a lot of bands kind of trying to be like yeah. Um And we just sort of, at the time, just thought, well, we'll do the opposite of that. And naturally, it's kind of like the stuff you kind of rhymed off there. That They're all bands that I absolutely love, you mm. know what I mean? So it's we've never tried to be contrived in what we do but naturally it just sort of it seeps out into what you're into yeah. what you're making I mean I think you can see it in like you know big end bands as well like so you know you can have an influence that you honour in your music without mm-hmm. it w- w- wait, still being yours I mean I think the one that I get is like Muse for example mm-hmm. like, there's pure sections of stuff that you listen to for them where you're going I can actually hear like a Queen influence there aye, it's aye, not, it's not that their, you know what I mean they're still, it's still thing. their thing you know what I mean aye. Like, I definitely. I mean, that's like. I mean, the, even the album that we've got coming up is going to be, I think, going to be very different from what we've put out right, right. before as well. It's still going to have. It's probably going to be more visceral right. uh, and a bit more wild, um, and slightly more unhinged than than what it's been before. Good. Um, and probably lyrically, I'm. Uh, when I listen back to some of the stuff we've put out before, I, I would like to think that um, I'm honing in on a lot more things in, in the album that we've got coming up. So, and again, there'll be influences in there in music that we've been listening to, you know, since, well, since we started listening to yeah. music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to hear what what people think of that as well. Um, but I, it's just, I kind of, I, I don't really, well, even like way back at, at the start of, like before I was even in a band, like my uncle used to like slide me CDs, like mm-hmm. don't, don't let your mum know that <laughs> I gave you this kind of thing, like Rage Against the Machine yeah. and The Prodigy and stuff like that. And But the whole it's time... It's always a bonus to have a cool uncle to be fair. Aye, that's it, I mean, you know. So that was kind of like the the thing that really... Because my mum and dad uh, listened to like Motown and stuff, like mm-hmm. which is amazing, obviously. Um, but uh, that's really what what got me whenever he was like, oh, you should listen to this, listen to that. And mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, he was, he's big into, like, Bob Dylan and, and John Lennon and that. That was mm-hmm. his thing growing up in The Doors. And The Doors were probably a, a big influence on us at the start as well. We right. were kind of quite bluesy at the mm-hmm. start before we'd actually properly recorded and mm-hmm. all that. So um, I sort of came came from that and went to college. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to kind of be involved in music in some capacity. So I went to... Still college to do a music business and sound engineering course. Yeah, that's that. that it's got to be one of the most popular courses in Glasgow. That that the the business and sound engine and sound engineering course, and then the the performance. Aye, aye. The the, the, the music performance course at Stowe College. It was like. It was like who's who, like who was in bands back then. I mean, you're that. amongst a good alumni out there. Aye, you? but you I mean? wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the guts at the time to go for the performance thing. Definitely wouldn't have. Like, I would, I would not have done it. Like, right. I, I can remember like going to college and thinking, 
going to be way out of my depth here, man. I don't know what I'm doing. Because I was just basically writing songs and genuinely writing them. And I had a box under my bed, like that, mm-hmm. packed full of songs that I wrote without anybody hearing any of it. Like, and, right. I, and I was like, I, I need to try to kind of figure out how I'm going to do that. There's mm-hmm. no point doing it. Because like, I'd be up right through the night writing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went there. And um, I was kind of rubbish at college, like <laughs> an extension of school, just tossed about a bit. And um, I think I scraped the first year right enough. And then the second year I met my mate Ben and uh, we sort of started writing songs together and we started the band for that, really. Right. And then my, um, my brother, who's now in the band in place of Ben, he's, he's in the band, but his best mate, Mikey, he's the drummer in the band. Okay. And it just so happened that their band had just sort of split up right so we pinched him that was after my, my one of my best pals alan he started off in the band as a drummer he was just essentially too rock and roll for rock and roll that's his idol uh, um and uh, i thought and james is who's a guitarist he was in a band called retrofits and um okay anytime i saw him he was just i just absolutely he was a guy you were watching i was like if I could make up a dream team here, I would, I would have him on guitar. I would have Mikey on drums, and I would have my brothers. Like not to sound cheesy, he's my best mate. So mm-hmm. it's cool just to have, to have them um, all in the band and kind of we all, all we all bring our own thing to it. Do you know? So what I mean? seeing that in the beginning, because I think one of the things oh, we kind of guest, just ignore it. I'll <laughs> cut it out of the audio. I'll cut it out of the audio. Right. It's fine. So uh, <laughs> like in that sort of beginning, like. What we were talking about is we were discussing with uh, sort of Colin Ellerone and, and guys like Chapter Reverse previously. A lot of them have had a friendship that goes way back. You mm-hmm. had it in your band as well. But you're you're describing there as something that's a bit, probably a wee bit more later in life. Mm-hmm. And like when you've got that box under the bed full of like, song lyrics mm-hmm. and ideas and all that kind of stuff, and you meet this other person, like where does that... Was this like... Do you instantly be like, oh, by the way, man, I've got stuff? Or was this something you had to build up to... Like, was there just an instant connection between you, or was it just a, a process that you went no, through? No, well, we, we were we were mates. We were good mates, and like like uh, we most other folk in the class just used to go out and mm-hmm. just get pissed and like just have a have a, a party. And then obviously, like any other way, you get to know folk, or mm. I get to know folk. Um, you know, go go and have a night out, and we kind of just did that on the reg and never really went to college and right. the more and more we were doing that I'd be going to his flat and stuff and he was into his hip hop at the time and stuff and uh, he was like let me hear let me hear one of your songs and all that because I think I'd probably been walking about college giving it like I've wrote hundreds of songs by the time I'd settled in <laughs> do you know what I mean like um, but nobody would ever heard them right. <laughs> do you know what I mean so I think I was getting to the stage where folk were going oh, he's just talking absolute shit right. so um I ended up, I was drunk enough one time and just played a couple of songs. He had a wee acoustic guitar in his flat, played a couple of songs and he was like, ah, oh, cool, right, I'm going to learn how to play bass and we'll get a just band go on the go. I was like, aye, cool. So he was, uh, he he sort of pushed to kind of, almost like literally push me onto a stage. Right, <laughs> fair enough. And then, uh, and then up from that, you know, I love it now, you know, but I, but I still get mega nervous right. before going on, but... I think it'd be something wrong if you don't. Like, I used to... I hated the pre-gig nerves. Aye. Um, I used to always think, something wrong if I'm nervous. I shouldn't be nervous and that, but then you realise that 
that's your energy. Aye, that, that's a hundred percent. Aye, that's just focus. As that's well. what fuels it. You know, like um, aye, like you're standing in front of a bunch of strangers for the most part, and like you need you need that adrenaline to see you through. You almost mm-hmm. kind of take you into autopilot and yeah. kind of forget yourself and and do the best that, that you can. That's the, the best gigs you're, you're going to have are, are the ones where you come off and you can't really remember it mm-hmm. like um, because you've just lost yourself. Ah, you're just inside that. that's that. And hopefully if you do that, then other people that are there for the gig do that as well. Definitely. Um, so, I, and that's, I that, think that's a big responsibility you've got as a front man is to actually like tap into that energy and, and and try and spread it out a wee bit, you know what I mean? Aye, well, that's, that is it. That's, that's... That, I can never be like one of these guys that stands like with their hands behind their back, right? Kind of singing and like and hoping that everybody's going to lose their shit. Do you know uh, what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's only a certain couple of people that could do that. That's yeah. so, exactly what I was going to say. Uh, like, so many people think that because Liam Gallagher can do it, that uh, uh, that, that's what uh, I'm doing. You're like, he kind of uh, pulls it off. Uh, like, exactly. Kind of don't. Mate. That's been that's been the downfall of, of many bands. Mm-hmm. I would say like um, as brilliant as Oasis uh, yeah. were. Um, I think they've spawned a lot of really shite bands as well. Like <laughs> guys, guys who are, are quite happy to just stand there, looking at their gutties and Aye. like thinking that you know they look dynamite with this big light shining behind them or a smoke Aye. machine or mm-hmm. whatever. Like and, and everybody's going the, to praise them. <laughs> Do you know, it's, just, it's almost the um, fake tales of San Francisco into where you're just like, you're your Friday night rock star. Aye, aye, aye like, exactly. And that's cool if that's what you're after. Why? Definitely, aye, you know I mean? like, definitely, I. But. I think um, you really, you can't really leave uh, any stones unturned. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you really need to just give it a hundred percent at everything. You know, you so need, was it long need to between, come at it from every angle. Was it long between like getting the box out from under the bed and sharing it with your mate and then getting out and gigging? Eh, probably less than a year. Right. Um, which seems like a long time, I suppose. But like, honestly, I, I was just sort of I, I would have just let it pass me by I think Aye. to be honest but um, I can remember like the first time that like, I, I was out I was walking the dog and uh, I went in and I sat downstairs to my dad wrote a poem there by the way da. <laughs> and he started watching Sky Sports News and he's kind of just turned out about alright <laughs> Sky Sports News back on again. Right. Like, Turning it up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My love for you is like a. Right, <laughs> but and I, I thought, fuck. It's the hey, joys okay. of being a parent. When the wind comes in, going, Aye. you know, I've got this thing that you're really not interested in. I'm, I'm totally, really digging it, and you've totally. got to find the balance between. <laughs> Good for you, and like, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I, totally. I remember my dad came in, and I was at uni, and I studied architecture at uni, so oh, my cool. dad had high hopes for me. Uh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can remember him coming in, and I think I just spent like a grand in my student loan on a fucking guitar. Oh, man. And, and he was like, Doesn't it sound like you at all, does it? He was like, You seem to be taking this band thing seriously now, and I was like, Well, I want to do it, and he just kind of went, You've got two choices here take your uni series or keep getting out and drinking uh, Jack Daniels until you vomit every uh, night. It's up to you. Uh, and I was like, I quite like the Jack Daniels. Aye, uh, uh, like, sounds good. Door number two, please. Uh, uh, I ran pubs, so you think he'd seen so many people uh, try and fail there. Uh, 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 like, he didn't have the heart to tell me, don't bother. Uh, as long as his heart's in the right place, which is the same with my dad as well. You know, I need to say that he was. 
he's now to this day so supportive of, of what yeah. I do. And like when he did see that I was actually like, you know, that that was out that was out of the blue. That you know, oh, by the way, uh -huh. I wrote a poem. He's probably wearing a celly track at the time or something. He's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like writing a poem. Like, um, but uh, you see live, like I remember distinctly I, remember my dad coming to see me play live the first time when I came off stage, and he was like, "Surprisingly, you're actually really good." No, I'm on board. I'm like, like, you're a wee guy, and you've just spunked a grand on a, a guitar. He's just like, "What the fuck?" I know. I know. Mean? I know. Similar sort of case if you're coming in and going, "Oh." I'm, I'm writing poetry. Is this my boy? <laughs> I know exactly. So, but I, they, I think once, once they did a few good days out at Teen the Park and all that stuff Aye. on the minibus, we, we, we all the squad. Opinions changed pretty they, they were quite, up, aye, they, they were quite happy at that point. But um, I, no, I, I, I do need to point that out. My dad, my dad's been really aye, supportive. Of you know, aye, what aye. kind of politics? I mean, it sounds like you've been. I mean, you. You've done a thing that I did as well, where I started to see other bands and go, I fancy that drummer. And aye, aye. And drummer and going, hmm, I'm going to make clubs <laughs> with this guy and just sort of like muscle you at the front. <laughs> what kind of politics have you, like, I, I find that, I, I found it really, especially as the front man as well, mm -hmm. and I felt a huge sort of element of responsibility for everybody and that it all, almost like ultimately became my decision for stuff. Do you know what I mean? Aye. It was like, well, this is your band. Uh -huh. And that's why people seen it, even aye, though it kind of wasn't the case. But I felt that. But do you have a lot? Of, have you had a lot of sort of internal politics when it's came to being in the band? And I, um, but I think that kind of comes along with just you know the the thing that we've got in the band really. Well, I I care about my my brother and, and and Mikey and James much more than I care about the band. You know, like so if if it ain't going to work for them, then you know like. The, if they feel like they want to yeah. drop it all together and go and do something else, then they can. Um, so that's always kind of that's that, that makes it quite easy in a sense, mm -hmm. like in the grander scheme. But when it comes down to, I, we have plenty of squabbles and mm -hmm. all that, and I think it there's points where they're quite happy for me to be the front man and do mm. whatever it is that I need to do, and then they can, you know, that I would say that I have definitely got more responsibility mm -hmm. as far as. Um, sort of, I don't know. I mean, like, well, for, for, like for instance, I'm sitting here, <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I know for a fact that one of them's hung over, and the other ones um, are with his girlfriend somewhere. Aye. So, like, uh, but I, I enjoy this. You know, that mm -hmm. this it's just a personality thing. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I like meeting folk and blabbing away, mm -hmm. especially about myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, find it, we actually find it. So I've been I, through doing podcasts. You get invited on other podcasts. Uh -huh. and I, I can't stop fucking talking. So I'm like, <laughs> I find it incredible when people come in and they've got a subject to talk about and they can't really articulate themselves. Feel like, um, and you're having to sort of drag it out of them. So you're like 21 minutes in, and I don't think we've even stopped for air because you're just Aye. you've got that sort of flow state happening. Aye. You're just like talking, talking stuff. I actually find that incredible because when once I start, I can't fucking stop. Aye. <laughs> Aye. That element of responsibility, I think it does fall on like the main guy. Like is the main guy? Yeah, like yeah, dictator, or do you have what a democracy? Uh, we have a democracy until I decide what's happening. Right. <laughs> so you listen um, to all sides of the argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think. There's a lot of times where I need to be held back. Um, uh, mm -hmm. I don't mean physically um, in a violent sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I'll do it. I want to go and gig anywhere. Like, I want to go, like, 
it's a huge ambition of mine to actually play in Tijuana and hopefully at some point we can right. get get that done because we're hoping to go back to America right. next year and do a few gigs over there. So I'd like to do that. So basically I'll come in and out of nowhere I'll go. Right, I was talking to a guy and I think we're going to go and play a gig in Tijuana. Do you know what I mean? And like, they're just out of bed or whatever. And it's like, just fuck up, man. <laughs> like, can we just concentrate on the gig in Glasgow next week? Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I always, I've always, I'm probably guilty of coming up with all the stupid pie in the sky stuff. But yeah. every now and then it comes off, do you know what I mean? But I think a lot of the time, like, Mikey's quite a sensible head. Um, he's, um, I he's he's probably usually the one to go. I don't think we can do that. You know, think about it. Like maybe we should try Voice this first. I, um, Daniel can be quite like that as well. And J- James, the guitarist, he's just kind of up for an adventure as well. He'll he'll kind of float mm-hmm. along wherever it, it may take him. He's quite a he's quite a bohemian sort, right. shall we say? Right. <laughs> Just have like. Fixed rules for like we used to have rules about like if you're the the, the main songwriter, you get to make the decision like I or not. These have like these sort of strange sort of dynamics happening. Uh, but uh, no, we just have a big argument about mm-hmm. who done what mm-hmm. at, at the end of it all. Really, like <laughs> um, so it's I uh, we've got certain splits and all that certain kind of rules within the band when it comes to songwriting. Mm. Um, and I like can I really at the end <laughs> we sort of just bother about it. <laughs> so I, end, I, I think you still kind of fulfil that role in, in terms of what we do here to a certain degree because what you tend to find is that he comes with an idea and then I spend like a week arguing with myself before <laughs> then eventually coming back and going, no, that's a good idea, doesn't it? Well, there's a lot of that, you know. I think that kind of, I, th- I think kind of being. Being driven and being patient are uh, not easy bedfellows. Uh, no. so, so like that can be that that's uh, I'll have a lot of that within Aye. myself. Where like, I'll have I'll just go around and I'm managing my thing. process done for like three weeks, done to one. So well, well, there's progress, <laughs> <laughs> but it still does need happy days front man. Everyone's going to go. No, we're just doing this. All right, and you go right, cool, <laughs> Fair enough. Aye. How long he's been? When? So when did this? So like that? I take it this has been the set lineup for. Mm-hmm. How long's it been? Uh, four years, I think. Right, you've so done so well. Aye. for only having been together for four years. I well, I think prior to that, well, like, uh, the lineup was different, but so probably I uh, six years um, since we started. Okay. Um, so I we've done we've done alright, but the last two years we've kind of I w- I just wish we could, we could have got the album out quicker, but. I listen to what we've got now. Uh, we've got the, the track list and sorted. It's all demoed, and it's going to be aye, It's mm-hmm. going to be yeah. a much much better album risky. for it. Because when you're a new band, aye. momentum. Aye, aye, definitely. Momentum. Definitely, aye. I, I mean, like when I look back at like some of the stuff we did, it came quite quick to us. I think like mm. some of the stuff, like like some of the gigs we were getting and all that. Like, uh, like when we put the EP out. The first EP, like um, it was the art school. I don't know. I don't know what it was called at the time. No, it was called the art school at the time. Was it Capital before that? Yeah, or whatever it was. It was, was. Capital. We used to play down the stair. Aye, 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 aye. Yeah. So like that was like one of our first gigs. Um, then we put the EP out, and that was like that. That was so, I think we played, no, we played three gigs 
and we put put a song online and then that ended up packed that was sold out I don't know you can probably only get about 11 people in it anyway but you know what I, I mean Carter was a uh, an alright size venue um, I think it was a good sound was usually pretty right, decent okay. as well aye. aye so that was good and then like we kind of from that we went through our runny playing all the kind of like basement ones in Glasgow mm-hmm. like, aye all that mm-hmm. and every time we played it was it was Just sold, it was sold out and then uh, started to get a bit of radio play and all that and again what we just about we just got a manager at this point so like up until that point we we didn't have a clue what we were doing we were just showing up and playing gigs so we weren't trying to like mm. let's try to sell this out or let's try right. to get it on the radio or that mm-hmm. it was just like um a friend of the band like knew a few djs and stuff and he was just like kind of like helped out and just sort of gave it to, to folk and then before you know it, it was yeah. getting played on the radio and all that so it was quite a natural progression like that but then all of a sudden we were like we we were playing tea in the park we were supposed to be playing the bbc introducing tent mm-hmm. but then um errol sweatshop that rapper yep. um kind of dropped out and we get moved to the king touch tent which was like twelve thousand right. or something like that no, um, it's not a wee tent, isn't uh, it? so that was like going from like playing sleazies to like playing the king touch tent uh, it's a bit of a jump uh, it was massive but they asked us if we wanted to do it or do we want to just stay on the on the BBC stage which is like less than a thousand I think mm-hmm. mm. and we were like nah man f- just just go for it man do it just yeah. do it and um, and it was amazing it was absolutely brilliant it was a few thousand in it wasn't like capacity or whatever it was a f- probably a few hip hop heads kind of going what the fuck, fuck is going on we idiot but uh but that was amazing. So that kind of queued us up for a good summer. We played Belladrum, Wicker Man, and I think we might have done Isle of Wight as well. And so like, and then, aye, ah, brilliant festival. Aye, so aye. good. Um, Shame it's not that I think it's it. I know, I know. Um, I it's just kind of the way it, isn't it? Aye, this weekend. Aye, I know. think it is, aye. Seen, um, it almost seems like all the fucking UK festivals have just went, just died. I know, it's just getting priced out of it, really, isn't they? Like, we the cost of police I think and the smaller ones are pulling crowds in a way that wasn't previously the case before as well you know what I mean like I was looking at some of the footage for Belladrum this weekend it was following um, previous guest stars David Blair or sort of Colonel Mustard and Dijon 5 and Aye. like the crowd they pulled at Belladrum last night was incredible man. Like, at the garden stage like they've got video footage for that and it's just a sea of bodies all, walk, all crossing the road you can't you can't fail to leave that without like <clears throat> no. a big smile on your face absolutely i think that's where we went for this it's uh it's been doing a size instead of you know tea in the park starting at twenty thousand and ending up at 50 60 70 000. i think the festivals that are left mm-hmm. have kind of went the other direction like the wicker man and the bella drum with the band let's just have ten thousand people let's have wayne's let's have mm-hmm. you know the, the the stuff that makes it great and i think it, I prefer it personally because I, I think the bigger ones become a bit a Ned fest to be honest with you and Aye. the notion that you could sit and watch a band and just chill have a few beers in the sun and enjoy you know somebody you've seen at your local club or whatever is Aye, just definitely. so much more appealing to me Aye. You know I, I mean? think it all comes down to who who you book for it you yeah. know it? Like, and that, that's who if you're going to if you're going to book like kind of like bams then you're going yeah. to get bams of course <laughs> like, um, but I I think that like you say I think it's uh there's more of them seem to be popping up that mm. are just kind of a bit more manageable. Yeah. Um, so see when you get that sort of opportunity to go and play that prestigious, because that is a huge, huge sort of stage, mm-hmm. the King Touch 10, do you have a moment of like, fuck, like, 
no like or sort of self doubt of being like, should we be doing this or do we deserve to be here type thing? I I I mean I I get that a, a lot. Like even like this thing here, like the, we haven't put anything out for like we, we put one two songs out or something in the last two years. Mm-hmm. For me, that's 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 not it's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so, the fact that we are like well, there's a reason we've been writing and we're actually writing the second album now. So mm-hmm. we're kind of. Yeah. It's not like we haven't been doing anything, but I just feel that, if I'm being completely honest, that I, I, I feel a bit <laughs> like a bit a, a, an imposter right. that, that we are actually headlining that. Right. But when we're on stage, I'll probably have that in mind as well, and I, and I, I just hope that that takes us up another twenty percent. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, um, I know when we're there, I know that we're going to smash it because we just do. Yeah. But. I, I would kind of I, I get that a lot, I, but that's kind of what drives you as well. Do you know what I mean? You can't you can't kind of just sit about and listen to all the stuff you've <laughs> wrote and oh look oh, at oh remember when we played great. that? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like like you can't you need to move on and and crack Aye, we wrote on. this great song three years ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Aye. So you kind of you always need to kind of self review what you're what you're doing. I think mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's just in my personality. I probably do that in in life in general rather yeah. than than with a band but I definitely but I mean like you get moments like that but then you get that thing where you just need to get over the bump and you go it's that kind of uh, fight or flight thing of course so, I. but like before like it, it dawned on me like actually quite recently that when before we were playing that King Touch tent that right up until five minutes before it we were um getting a kick about with Tame Impala and just like <laughs> clapping about smoking drinking Sunshine, just like and Tame and Pal were like my favorite band at the time. Ah, yeah. that's still one of my favorite bands. But to be honest, that that we didn't really care about it. It, it was like it didn't it didn't really register until I think I think back on it now and I go, that was surreal as fuck. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like just played football with Tame and Pal, and then somebody's coming over going, right boys, you're on in five minutes. <laughs> you know, like then you go on and you're playing the King Touch tent at yeah. Team in the Park. That so that was just at the time. No, didn't really. It didn't really phase us. We didn't have to think about the mm. offer at all. Like, <clears throat> um, but when I think back at it, I, I, I go, "You should have really been phased by that. Like mm. you should have just sat in your ass and not played football with him and Pala. Ah, yeah. I'd just <laughs> be nervous in the corner. Oh, right? yeah. You're just away, like kicking a ball boot, and Aye. you're no sitting about going fuck, 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 fuck. Because you could end up going on stage and just crumbling. Because Aye, you put Aye that's so that. much pressure. That's you know that. I mean, I, mean that, I, I enjoy a good spew before I go on. I always do that. That's like that's just never that's really like, to, like nervous. I, I, like really, I really like people can't talk to me and all that. Like, right. Like I can always like mine our, our mate Pat. He was, he was a tour managing his and he just took over and he was trying to talk to me before the gig and all that and I was just like mm. go away mm. I was mm. like you're making me feel worse <laughs> like, I've, I've had a couple of girlfriends <laughs> take the hump because they come up to you like five minutes before they're due to go in and they're like oh. and you're like fuck off oh, <laughs> I totally like, like honestly like it's just I can't because I, I just think if you're speaking to people then like you're kind of like it's almost like well, if you don't speak to them, you're you're in your bubble a wee bit, and the people out there are maybe not quite as real. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? I think <laughs> as well when you're in a band, when you're playing club gigs and you've got thirty five, what half an hour, forty minutes, mm-hmm. 
you can't take that 15, 20 minutes to get in the zone. Like, ah, if yeah, you don't see a band are playing maybe an hour and a half tours, mm-hmm. they can take a song or two to like, right, ah, right, yeah, no, man, right, right, okay. Ah, yeah. But you need to be like jumping on stage, like, I'm ready to fucking go ah, warm, yeah. like, let's just go and put the fucking foot forward. Ah, you know what totally. I mean? You've got half an hour to make an impression. People want to come up and be like, pure good luck. Can aye. You, like, fuck off. Aye, aye, exactly. <laughs> I know. Shame, I know. Because people want to just come up and be like, have a good gig. Man. I know. And you're just sitting there, pure stony face, like, oh, aye. What's wrong with you? Like, I'm just about to. Aye, aye. Exactly. Exactly, man. It's, it's, aye, it's a difficult thing to comprehend when you're just sit, sitting here. So it's, I think you just fly through the gears that quick, you know. Like, I try to just put it, up, put it out my head until I'm, I'm there. Uh, the adrenaline aye, and then all of a sudden, it's just boom through the roof. Do you know what I mean? I think that's kind of that's that like you're saying earlier. That can that's what propels you really. Like, um, but I, you change, you, you definitely change. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to kind of like dress it up too much, but you're a different animal. You know, like and, and you need, you need, if you're not, then there's something wrong. Like, aye, there needs to be a zone. Aye, definitely. There needs to be like an element of disconnection for like aye. the person that walks about the street. Down himself, and aye, aye. you need to go on stage and sort of have a sort of persona. About aye, it and definitely. I mean, it's um, it's a natural thing. Everybody's got, obviously got various sides to to their personality, but if I walked about being that guy, I'd probably get lifted pretty sharply. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, but it's good to let it come through every now and then, like um, at the right time. Mm. Um, so, see with the the new album and obviously the the upcoming gig and stuff like that. Like how how far down the line are we with the new album? Is it going to be like completely finished by the time the gigs come round, or is it still going to be work in progress? Or? No, it, we we don't have we don't really have a date for completion yet. Um, but it'll be by the end of the year, and from that point, um, I don't I don't really know. It's not up to me what happens with it. Really, okay. like, okay, I need to get a, a plan. But the folk coming to see you can expect to hear new material. Oh, I definitely. I will. It'll more or less be all new material. Right. Like SI. Um, so that's kind of that's I'm kind of another element. Aye, of aye, exactly, exactly. Just like getting booed off after two tunes, you know. Like, <laughs> You've got, uh, you definitely need to find the balance. Remember, I think I've seen it. Leon. I think you were there. It was like Sunday at the Park, mm. and I'd been telling all my mates because like youth and young manhood hadn't oh, been out that long. What an album, man! Um, and I was like to my mates, "Wait, do you fucking see this band, man?" And they came out and they played. The second album and its entirety oh, on the main fuck. stage at Tea in the Park at like one o'clock in the afternoon. My mates were going, "You're fucking pissed!" Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like they played like two songs after the first album. I couldn't believe it. Man. Second album's a belter and all though. Yeah. It's just because I think they've maybe been apprehensive like, playing new material, mm. but also like I think there was a whole load of people that were there to hear like the first album. And when they got three tracks in and people were like, I don't know any of this. And aye, people aye. started to just go, I'm away. I think it's a common thing. I mean, I, I, I did it one time with, um, funny we're talking about it in my room, but Paul Weller, where I think when you go to the festivals and you do the bigger gigs, it, there probably is a level of incumbency on you to throw out some greatest hits and stuff like that. Mm. But like, when you're going to see an artist tour a new album, you mm. should expect to see Aye. that artist play the new album. But like, I'd only ever really been to see Paul Weller in like festivals and sort of greatest hits environments, and was just like, "This is going to be some guy, guys Aye. phenomenal, love and blah blah blah." And uh, it was like fast car, slow traffic. A couple of years ago, he's new album, and he came out and he played the entire album, start oh, to finish. Man. Nobody knew it. He did like two style council numbers in the encore, and then finished with that's entertainment. And all my mates were all about like. <laughs> yeah, like no changing man and you're just like it's that way yeah, he's kind of touring an album you know what I mean but again I don't think there's a lot of that goes on anymore I think people 
you know, this uh, like guys like James, you know, they came with the, the hydro and like, oh, we're not playing sit down, and you're like, are you what? fucking off? Like, what are you no, doing, man? You like, really people do are that. paying to see that. Like, uh, come on, yeah, like, yeah. we're playing it for twenty years, and you're like, I, but it's not about you. Exactly. when somebody's coming out and actually gone, here is your new album. Aye, they should be expecting to hear the material. You know what I mean? Aye, we've kind of we we've. Any sort of stuff we've been putting out on our socials and all that mm-hmm. stuff, it's always kind of it's been alluding to the fact that we're going to be playing new stuff. Um, there'll be there'll probably be two or three in there that like that people will know. But like, uh, I I just think you know we've been away that long that we sh- you know we kind of need to sort of throw our cards on the table a bit. And go, like here, this is what we've been doing. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I think- find it difficult. Some, a couple of times when I had extended breaks where I found it difficult as a singer. And, Aye. and it's almost like you get back and you're like, mm, I can't quite hit these notes. Like, I'm going to need a wee bit of time here. Aye, well, I think um, we've we've been in the studio like three days a week, like every week, apart from obviously every now and then somebody will go on holiday or they'll do yeah. whatever they're doing. So I haven't really had a break from singing, really. So and, still, I still Aye. playing and stuff. Aye, and some of the, some of the songs were... We're working on the now, so much more difficult to sing than mm. like. There's one in particular. It's just like my range is just like I'm going through everything. I, I'm kind of like I am just like to to the best of my ability. Um, I so like that. There's a a whole gambit in this one song really that that probably if you looked at what we've done previously. That's that would vocally would probably all sit in this one song. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean. So like uh, we've been we've been trying to stretch ourselves a fair bit and what type of band we are. That's cool. And what type of songs we write, how I'm going to sing, um, what tones we're using, and all that. that's a natural thing, obviously, to kind of progress. But I uh, it's it's still essentially going to be. I mean, you hear it's still going to be you. Uh, right? you hear guys talking uh, about like their bands and all that as if like oh, they're going to come out with some like funk thing or Aye. whatever like in the and they used to be acoustic acts or something like that but it's still going to be Tijuana Bible it's going to yeah. be it's, we're just going to have that sound but for us I think we've took it into a different dimension I love that us. I think that's the sign of any sort of meaningfully good band is that and and you know use obvious examples like your radio heads and mm-hmm. users and these sort of high end guys that Although they maybe started like you know showbiz or you know mm-hmm. okay computer, they then the next album was about how do we stretch, how do we evolve, Aye. how do we move forward, Aye. and sometimes you'll get situations where bits and bobs maybe not work because of people's expectations. But then if you're if you're pushing that whole time, then all that really matters is that you're happy with Aye, what you're producing and that you're feeling that it is an accurate representation of where you are as a band. I definitely. You know I, mean? I, I think you're totally right in what you say. Like Radiohead's a a, a band that we look to. Mm. You know. A, that in particular that attitude they kind of like switching things up like mm-hmm. we sort of we felt in ourselves that there's a couple of times where we've actually right okay we've done that and just broke everything back down to zero and then went right okay i want to kind of go down this route like for instance like a few like when we started writing this album a lot of what i was doing was like kind of very straightforward mm. straight up punk sounding like um and I kind of wanted to go to go down that route with the album, right? But then you'd write something else. It was kind of <laughs> we'd end up we'd have that kind of thing, and then like one day we'd come out with something that was like really melodic and mm-hmm. steady, like being like really I throbbing like and fast paced. 
Um, so it was that way we were like, we were kind of like writing with two brains almost. Mm, right. And a lot of what we were doing was then trying to just sort of build a bridge between that and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. so he tried to he make it a complete work Aye. rather than, I think the easy thing to do would have been make that two EPs, make, make that a six, make that a five or mm. six track and make that the same. Mm-hmm. And then that means we can put that out, we can go on tour, we can go and do this, we can do yeah. that, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then we've got the other on. one good to go. And then that, and we could have been doing that, we could have done that a year and a half ago, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you do, you need to, you kind of need to have the guts to just not do that mm-hmm. and make sure that you, yeah. I, we, we've always wanted to write what we consider to be a, a top, top yeah. album. So that's what we're... Rather than chucking out six songs at a time just to keep people's interest. Aye, that's it. That's, yeah. I think that's definitely the way forward, man, is Aye. that you're going out there and you're producing the content that you're happy with and you've got that working relationship where you can test out ideas and explore other avenues then. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the dream, man. Aye, aye definitely. Uh, like, one day you'll look back on it, you know, you won't be doing it anymore and you want to look back on it and go, like, really, I don't want to have any regrets about, aye. like, <clears throat> not having put out a a full length album that's mm-hmm. just I know it's it's almost like in a business sense it's kind of poo-pooed like putting albums out now and all that yeah, you know, it should just be singles on Spotify constantly and EPs you yeah. know for a kind of you know if you want to be extravagant yeah <laughs> and, yeah, I, and yeah. I just don't think <laughs> that I, I, I just don't think that's on no, really. when I was like, getting into music and first listening to music and then really going deeper into it past the Oasis stuff mm-hmm. the stuff that I love the most is the albums that are 10 tracks that are like all 10 tracks but they all sort of relate to each other Aye. maybe don't sound like each other uh-huh. but yeah. there's like a through theme like yep. Absolution's one that, that's yeah. jumping to mind but even like Tommy and Quadrophenia and going back and listening to that and going fuck man concept albums Aye, like, these things are almost like dead Aye, yeah. I know I think that maybe the only like the, the band that are really kind of championing that that, that it was probably Idols like Joy as an act of, mm-hmm. as an act of resistance mm-hmm. Um, is a brilliant album, like and it's, I think Arctic it's, Monkeys tried to date with whatever that last album. Aye, Tranquility Base. So, I like it. I, I, I have like, to say, I, like, like, I, I kind of when I listened to it originally, I went, no. I There's a couple of listens, and you're like, nah, I'm starting mm-hmm. to kind of get aye, it. Aye. It's, I don't know. I visually, mm-hmm. I hate it. Aye, <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I hate the look. I hate aye, the. Way. Aye. I hate the the sort of like sort of left turn that they've took. I've tried the, that before. The, the actual mold, the mold linen. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye. I don't, I don't get it. But the album itself, like I can hear Bowie. I get it. So I'm like, aye. I do like it. Aye, I, I admire the balls to aye. AM, which is a fucking amazing album. And uh-huh. then go fuck it. We'll just throw this. In aye, and just totally. do what we want to do. And totally. But the, like, I think there are a couple of. There are a couple of bands out there that are trying to do like the concepts mm-hmm. and have like through themes, but in the mainstream, it's just it's gone and the albums died. It's aye. such a shame. We had that one when we superb fucking art form. Like, aye, reaching out to um, people and obviously uh, in relation to the show. And uh, this weekend, the playground festival in Glasgow had Lauren Hill, and obviously that was one. Uh, the Miseducational Lauren Hill album, start to finish, was phenomenal. Aye. And I think that's another one of the ones where. I can't imagine nowadays somebody coming 
to the fore with an album, they're going, well, we've got rap, we've got hip-hop, we've got soul, we've got gospel, we've got blues, but it all fits together as one thing. Wait to hear our You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 uh, my girlfriend was actually at Lauren Hill last night. Oh, man. Uh, she was an hour and a half late on and oh, then get uh, hauled off stage event. after 20 minutes. Really? Because uh, of the, the sound restrictions and all that. Uh, right? they, they can't uh-huh. have, they, they have it overplaying. Wow. I think somebody, somebody else did that at the Hydro a couple of months ago as well. Like turned up at like quarter to ten and got took half half ten. I think that might, I think that might have been Lauren. That was right, it? <laughs> I mean, that, I think that's insane. Like that's when you get to the point where you're no longer in it for anything other than either your own gratification or to make money. Like when you're turning up late, you don't Aye. Give a fucking. I, I know, like either that or she's kind of trying to get into that diva bracket by behaving that way because I don't think she is amazing as amazing as she is I don't Mm. think she's quite in the kind of only she's, Aretha Franklin. Uh, yeah, she's like, got the body of work to really take you've got the Fuji's and then you've got the miseducation and then you're kind of like where else have you go it's like almost like mm, it's not that's like right. Beyonce or whatever you've got like 10 years worth of fucking that's, my mum and dad went to see Gladys Knight um, oh, like last month wow and she was bloody lovely by all accounts so like <laughs> she's, she's, pro- she's a proper diva you know but and right. the and uh, I would happily be a fat middle aged pip so <laughs> just in the powder <laughs> botox just pure <laughs> shimmying and pointing in the background but I, funnily uh, enough my dad always says that like, I always wanted to be a pit aye fucking right <laughs> man like oh you that like, if I couldn't play for Celtic I always wanted to be a pit Gladys if you're listening <laughs> I'll happily be a pit for you like, did you find yourself getting frustrated in your your time off like because i think playing live i would always say to people that you can you can be a musician like i've got i've got a couple of mates that are like absolutely don't want to be in a band do you know what i mean they're phenomenal musicians and they like to sit and either record themselves or do session work Uh i think they're two different two very different things I think too much of one isn't great as well Aye. as too much of the other isn't great either. There's, there's a mix. Like if you get four guys locked into a room and they're working on like an album, it can end up almost like Stockholm syndrome or like definitely. Like, Aye. If you've been pure itching to get out and Aye, I th- I think that I miss it definitely, and I think uh, like the band itself. I think we kind of see it almost as like the the reward for putting the, the, the hours in in the studio is actually getting to play the gig mm-hmm. and um, sort of hopefully connecting with people and, and making it a, a good one for everybody mm-hmm. and that's how you get your buzz but if you're obviously you can do that if you're writing good songs but we can be a, a, a well I, I personally can be a bit of a stickler for just running it over and over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and it can get a bit um, you know like meticulous or whatever but like End up in your own head on it. Aye, definitely. Um, I, and I think that, you know, you just really, we see ourselves as a kind of, as an old school band where we go out and you, you, you get in a van, you go and play gigs and play as many as you possibly can. That's what we love doing. You know, like mm-hmm. we were, again, like kind of very short into our, our kind of career or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we went on a, on a seven week tour of Europe as well. And like that was kind of like, think her manager at the time was like, let's see if they can do this. And we absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, it was phenomenal, like just some of the ridiculous stuff that 
that happened on it. And yeah. Like we came back and thought, more of that. Yeah, do that again. Aye. So I uh, we, we, we kind of, that's really where we. How was the music received by foreign audiences? Uh, really well. Like, um, I just, like, some places you go in that they treat you like you're the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> aye. Do you know what I mean? I say, like, British music is generally well received uh, especially yeah. British rock music uh, mm-hmm. yeah, people will get that sort of like oh they'll be good uh, there's still a romance to it you know what I mean mm-hmm. like there's still a kind of like a, a prestige or whatever being a, a band from from Britain and all that and like remember so. playing a gig with the the Rennells mm-hmm. years ago playing Sloan's Sloan's put a gig up the stairs in Sloan's it was like a showcase Billy Sloan was there so mm. I don't think that was any relation to it being in Sloan but the press <laughs> were there basically and, I think it was like them playing their album at the time and the guy at King Touch was like just what I can do in play like aye alright we got there and uh, one of them was saying that they played to 4,000 people in Japan aye. and then come back on the Thursday and played to like 50 people in Sleazy's on Saturday Man. night and like, they went for screaming fans chasing them down the street in the mall, like literally like Beatles mania turning up normal and dad's having to come down to fucking nice and sleazy and watch them and you're just like how how does that how does there's almost like this British or something that happens here where we don't even we hate trials I I how dare you try (laughs) (laughs) I I think we that that is the case definitely but like uh I think that's just kind of born out you like that's what keeps everybody humble i suppose in it and like and that's where you, you get that we're famous for our sharp tongues and all that mm. and the sarcasm and everything so that's all part of the party i suppose but i uh, it's kind of i think a lot of the time people can can have preconceived ideas about you as a person if you if you say that you're a musician or you're in a band or whatever yeah mm-hmm. and they start coming out with stuff like oh Oh, we see you on the X Factor, or oh, you'll be famous one day and all that. And you're like, fuck off. I just like being in a family party karaoke. Paul's a singer. Aye, aye. Not that fucking kind of singer. Unless you'll get my songs on the fucking karaoke. I know that. I'm absolutely riddled with anxiety if somebody brings a guitar out at a party or that. I hate it. Oh, I hate it, man. That's a weird thing because I was the same. So if it was previous to playing live gigs i'd be aware of it i'd be aye. like i geezer i'll play oasis aye, aye. love it and then once you get so far down the road there just becomes this weird fucking intimacy between you and this party i don't know if it's maybe your own ideas or their expectation aye. they're hoping this is going to be good and i'm i'm not good at singing this song <laughs> <laughs> I mean. well that's it th- well one i'm i'm not very good at playing guitar anyway i'm too lazy you to kind of learn other songs other than I play guitar so I can kind of right. make I mm. make wee sounds here and there that go along with what I'm writing. Like, mm. um, so I don't sit and learn other people's songs and stuff like that. So like, uh, somebody's like, right on you go, then I'm like, right. well, you've got a good excuse. I'm a rock star, but I only play my own music. Aye. <laughs> well, I do, I do hide behind that line every now and then. You need to pay to see me play. This is other people's Aye. opportunity. You get to see me all the time. Aye, well, that's, I can write actually like, at a family party. My dad was like, right, Tony, on you go. Come on. 
he's a song, he's a song, he's a song. And I went into full on wee boy mode and just went, Dad, you're going to just stop embarrassing me in front of Marty's. And then they were all like, ooh, you know, it was all hush. Just, you're going to be well, family Tony, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tony, if you don't want to play a song, it's okay, son, don't worry about it. All that, he's rallying around all that. Sat back down and like, <laughs> Triggered you, uh, aye, you totally, totally, aye. It's like notoriously difficult now when we're talking. We we've spoke with previous guests as well about trying to make music money mm-hmm. like through music and how it's. I mean, there's part segments of the music industry we used to be able to make some cash where it's just been completely siphoned off and aye. it goes elsewhere. Like these have. Like sort of innovative ways I try to make some extra cash these work the jobs and stuff like I, that. I I work part time I um, all the boys do um, but like stuff like um, that kind of thing that sort of helps okay right corporate sponsors for your gigs like you need to sell your soul a wee bit right like, um, love you Jack Daniels uh, <laughs> like, I also love Jack Daniels <laughs> like seen, uh, who was who was uh, some, was it was it Sean who was getting cans of tenants sent to him or anything gun or something uh, like, I, so, so Mr Daniels if you're listening <laughs> so there's been a couple of people that have got like a couple of thousand followers on Twitter Scottish Twitter that have been tagging brands right. realising that they'll right. send them some free shit you know oh, fair mean, play. a case of beer like yes yeah, like <laughs> well that's weird that's probably our worst thing as a band is like all the social media stuff and even Spotify like I can't be bothered like getting yeah. any grips with it like I really can't like, takes time I, I can't be bothered with it but uh, you kind of need to do that mm-hmm. but anyway I stuff like you know sponsorship for for gigs um, you know obviously we've got certain fees that we wouldn't that kind of I don't want to sound like a dick, but that kind of need to be. Uh, made, of course, you know I mean, like, so I um and it's good that you're in the position that you can do that though. Do you know what I mean? I so many people that just try and don't even get to the point where they can be like we demand a fee. Aye, aye. Time, do you know what I mean? Well, I, I think that comes with the fact that you know you, you do need to just play as many gigs as you can at, mm-hmm. at, at the start and really rack it up. Really make sure that you're that you're. That you're in a position to say, you know, that no, we we need a fee. I or think it's like. become. And it, we talk about the sponsorship and stuff like that. Like I think <clears throat> the days where it was an issue, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, people were like, oh, don't you know, as you said, sell Aye. your soul and this. I think it's such a cliched notion now that like it's the sponsorship of act and an artist is so mainstream now and Aye. so like the reality of life that I don't think even like for for me is like. The audience like Aye. it doesn't even register with me. Same with the football, you know. Aye. The, uh, clubs change jerseys and sponsors. I've, it's never once made me buy whatever's on the front of a shirt or whatever's on the flyer or whatever it is. Do you know, if I wasn't going to date already, so I think if it helps you get where you're going and you still get the creative freedom to be who you are when Aye. you're on stage, then I don't really think that that is something that is the same concern as it was thirty year ago. Aye, I think I mean? you're right because like back back then. Whenever you know, like people would say, "Oh, you're, you know, you're selling your soul if you're getting, you're, if you're getting kind of on board with corporate companies or mm. whatever." That that's also at a time where like record labels would come along and go, "Bang, there's a big aye. half million pound advance." Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You so that make your money for, aye, your, for, so, for your music and your touring. Aye, so there was no, no need that, for it. Aye, absolutely no need for it. Um, and people bought records, you know. So like now, that there's probably less need for a record label and more mm-hmm. need for that type of sponsorship. Mm. Other ways as well, like um, we've had a 
like kind of sinks and stuff like that. So we've like kind of done okay with that. Like, um, in fact, what probably the coolest thing as far as my girlfriend is concerned that we've ever done was um, was a Kate Moss commercial um, in France, and she designed a, a clothing range and all that. So it's this really kind of chic film of Kate Moss essentially just rolling about on the grass to her song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, uh, and that, so that That's was cool. cool. That was really cool. So did you cool. put your music up for like the what, adverts and stuff like that? I right? will, a publisher. Your publisher. I, um, and I know a guy that got offered a quarter, no, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be that much, 250, but it'll be 25 grand to sign. He wrote a song called Flora. Right. And it was Flora... <laughs> the, the, the spread uh, our company owns them and yeah. like they offered them 20 odd grand to buy this song oh, really? and he was like nah was <laughs> what's like, he going to do mate though? I know but this was the thing <laughs> and with a song about like Marjorie oh, like, you should have sold that fucking song to Flora uh, mate totally. like fucking hell I know. was the song actually about Marjorie no it right, was okay. just called Flora and <laughs> right, oh, right, right, right. Like, I thought right, okay. the guys were they were great I, I can't even remember the name of the band but they were like Glasgow's version of Flight of the Concords oh, they were from Aberdeen but they had right. come down and um the guy was in a band called Nero. Remember Nero? Aye, I think Back so. Back in the day, they, were, they, they they'd got like to a decent sort of size. Supported Travis, like, right? They'd okay. Got to, like, cool. a decent, but he that band had split up. They were a serious band, and they started doing this thing where his mate, where it was like Flight of the Concords, like half comedy, but the songs were fucking excellent. So two of them were great songwriters, aye, and aye. they wrote this song called Flora. But it wasn't he about right. the spread, but it was catchy and it was funny. <laughs> and they thought we'll take that, and that will be like a good advertising campaign. Right. And offered them whatever, and they turned it down. It's just oh, like well. fuck's sake, mate. You can't man. Well, on the flip side of that, Jeremy Clapston was also driving about on that program that he's in that top year. The other one, oh, the ones on Amazon, the aye. Grand Tour, the Grand that- Tour, right. He's cutting about in a Jaguar with one of your songs blasting over the top. Oh, that's, that's like, fucking amazing. One of my ambitions it's not, was... It's a bit disgusting. Get FIFA. <laughs> I wanted... I, that was one of my ambitions <laughs> as a wee guy. Aye. See if I can get a song onto FIFA. Well, right. we, got, we got FIFA Go of the Month. Uh, once it's th- just on YouTube. FIFA's YouTube. Right. And they put it on and it was like everybody's got an in big 45-yard volleys and all Aye, that. And one right. of your tunes was Did on that as well. That was on, quite cool. Uh, soccer AM? Uh, I don't think no. so i'm not sure we've oh, been played on sky sports we've been played on sky sports a few times but a lot of the time i don't actually know what it is until because we'll get a we'll get an email through saying this is where your songs have been played like blah, blah, blah. Right. formula one have used it like loads of times apparently like um and I, I didn't know about it i don't know if it was maybe just like a wee five second ten second Aye. clip or something like that but um that's cool man I, that's cool that is, i think that's probably a, a market that Bands don't really think about taking money. just put it out because if they pick it up, amazing. If they don't, well, what have you fucking? What have you lost? Aye, aye, Nothing exactly. Really into it, man. Exactly. Right. I'm not entirely sure how it works with the publishing side of it, but it's, I think my general understanding of it is like certain companies will go to, they'll have X amount of publishers that they work with, and then they'll go like, we need um, this is a brief for this type of music yeah, so that we want. Aye, what we're looking aye, for. And then they'll go right. Okay, well here's three of my bands or whatever mm-hmm. yeah um listen to that and then so and you had did, did that but he was it was like requests so him and he's they were in a band but it wasn't through their band it was just him and his songwriting partner and he used to get briefs and it would be like a mad scramble like it would be him and probably like 500 other guys yeah. in the uk or 
get need to get a fucking song right. Aye, 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 I don't aye. think I could do that. No, no I've seen sense. that type of pressure on aye. my demand. That's when you need to be a proper musician. No desire for that. <laughs> I'm just like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, hopefully that sounds good. <laughs> well, the only time I've ever worked to a briefing is earlier on this year. Actually, I, I did. I wrote the top line on a on another album on a producer's album for him, um, and I don't really know that's getting mixed now. But right. it's like, um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with it. But it's, mm. like it's a bit more kind of commercial, uh, indie rock, yeah. or whatever. <clears throat> um, but aye, that was quite. It was quite a nice project to undertake while we are still kind of doing a thing with, with the album and I had time to do it with no gigs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that was quite, it was, I get, pretty much gave me a briefing on what he kind of wants it to, what sort it's of kind of like an extension of that we were talking earlier on where you're like trying new things, pushing yourself, seeing aye, where aye. the boundaries are and stuff like aye. that, you know what I mean? That's that, like kind of a lot of what we do, but he did say, I mean, he was like, I don't want uh, Tijuana Bibles for this. He's like, I don't want that type of mm. writing so i don't want anything too dark and then it was like, <laughs> right. cool so that leaves me plenty of scope then do you know what i mean I'll yeah kind of go into the wee alice in wonderland type keyhole and right, go see what's over there get some stuff here <laughs> <Aye. laughs> can he take to the band <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> the moments when you're taking something in your song and you're like this one's called Flora. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to turn into it. It's just been past hour, mate. Like it's been a pleasure talking to you. No, right, a pleasure's all mine, man. Um, I'm going to come along to the gig. Yep. Oh, nice going, one. Die 10th August. So Definitely. It's right around the corner. I think I'll probably, like, we're a lot of, usually we record like three or four weeks behind, but I'll probably just put this one straight oh, out so that it's like that would be meet, cool. meeting the gig. But do you want to just tell people where they can find like the band and. Uh, I well, physically you can find us at St Luke's on the tenth of August. Going <laughs> <laughs> to fucking gig, anyway. and um, probably just for a bit of fun, type in Tijuana Bibles into Google and um, see what comes up because it probably won't be the band. Okay. <laughs> So that's something for these to do. There we go. Uh, Easter egg. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that. What about the social media? Social media, yeah. Tijuana uh, Bibles. Tijuana Bibles, all squashed together on Instagram. And that will be you this time. That will be, <laughs> I, I. <laughs> um, and I. Spotify and Apple Music. Spotify, all that malarkey, I. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks very much for coming on the talk. No, thanks a, a lot. Really enjoyed it. And Likewise. Love to hear the music as well. Thank Cheers. you. Believe if we trusted you, then I 
Not those lies to me 